This is our first podcast ever. I'm so excited. You ever done a podcast before? I've not. I've talked about it multiple times. I haven't either, and I don't even know that I've listened to maybe like two or three. Really? I listen to podcasts. I have podcasts I listen to every day. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then maybe this is one that you would listen to every day. Yep, sure Okay. Am. My name's Josh Pate, and I'm an associate professor in the Hart School, specifically in sport and recreation management. And here we are with Ashley Doyle. How you doing, Ashley? I'm great. How yeah. are you? Fantastic. Um, yeah, Ashley, you graduated James Madison and our Sport and Recreation Leadership Program in 2020. Magical year, Magical uh, year. on the calendar. Um, but let's talk about the podcast first because this was an idea that you threw out there. We talked a little bit about it. Why did you think about doing a podcast uh, for alumni and students and industry professionals, why would what what gave you that idea? Couple couple of reasons. Um, one, podcasts are off, and like everyone is listening to it, and I've heard from multiple people just reading that audio is like the new thing and gonna be the future. Because um, you can listen to a podcast with whatever whatever you're doing, like laundry, cleaning, driving, like. I do it all too as well but second I am also on the Hart School alumni committee for outreach and engagement um, and so we're working on getting alum back engaged and how we can do that so I kind of thought about a podcast um, third me and Dr. Pate have worked together on research and we kind of would bounce ideas off of each other and both said we wanted to start a podcast um, and then I called you up and kind of had a life crisis conversation <laughs> and decided that this would be a great way to kind of see you know a raw look inside what alums have experienced in the sport industry um, and kind of opening up that conversation and more doors just for alum but also the students as well. And, like, one of the words that you just said was, like, a raw look into the experience, the sport industry, searching for a job, changing jobs, and you've kind of gone through all that yourself, right? And so, but why would, and just before we started recording, Uh uh, you had a great explanation of why it is important to, for, for students or for alumni to understand and hear sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. so why was that important for you to maybe uncover those because you're not going to be the only guest it's not just going to be me and you it'll be me right. and you and somebody else right uh, throughout this series of podcasts so why we're starting with you why 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 was that important for you to discover I think it was important because my first year of grad school um, I our cohort was like 20 plus I think um, with Campus Rec as well so we we all got close together but we had a lot of guest speakers um, and they all talked they all like sugarcoated a lot of things I think um, and were very you know in front of us like selling selling us their story which is great and fine and dandy but then when I COVID hit and you get into the industry it's not all rainbows and sunshine all the time sure um and i think and i think it's important 
for everyone to understand the full story, not all of, not just the you know shiny silver thing that you could have on your hand one day. Yeah, you know when you're talking, I I wrote down front stage versus backstage, and there's a theoretical framework about that. We won't get into that here, but. Um, one of the things that, you know, you can equate it to a restaurant, right? There's front stage and back, or front house, back of house, right? And so with the, what you're saying is in a classroom or with a guest speaker or when we bring in industry con- connections, we're, we see the front stage. Mm-hmm. But once you start working, once you're in the hallways, once you're doing your job, mm-hmm. that's the backstage. Um, so let's talk about your journey. Okay. Okay. Um, and where'd you do your undergraduate degree? University of Maryland. And so what did you major in? I majored in family science, but I switched my major three times. Oh, okay. Um, and what did you end up? You ended up in family science? I ended up in family science. So how did that lead you to James Madison master's degree program in sport and recreation leadership? I... My last semester at Maryland, um, in the program, you have to have an internship. Um, I was looking at internships and stumbled upon a Naval Academy internship um, with athletic department. Um, reached out to that individual. That individual was actually Matt Goff, who is a JMU alum. Um, had no idea at the time. Um, just kind of connected him. He was like, yeah, you want to get in sports? Like here's the door, um, did de- athletic development, um, kind of did a lot of like backstage stuff, like the prospect research, um, like, which is like finding donors to give back to the Naval Academy, but what's interesting about the Naval Academy, they can't give, they have to serve 10 years before they can even give back mm-hmm. to their academy, um, so that was kind of my first look into it, um, and I was like, I could do this. Like, this is interesting. This is cool. Like, and the environment of Naval Academy is such a home, um, and such like they give back to their university because they know what it gave them. Um, and so the one other thing is kind of, I also got a job with DC United part time um, in event ops. Uh, my supervisor at Maryland was like, Hey, here. Um, never really thought about sports um, and then really got this job and signed up it was ops um, so like you know again kind of backstage our backstage stuff no one really sees that um, but it is important first game out the gate RFK in March it is raining but it's also freezing cold mm. Our call time was about eight hours. What's call time mean? Call time means um, what time you need to come in for your shift to start. So if um, the game starts at, let's say, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. you had to be there eight hours before 7 Eight p.m. hours before 7, yep. And so, and then gates open 90 minutes prior for soccer. Um, so everything had to be set prior to 90 minutes before gates opening. Um, so long day, and the whole crew, we're all new all getting started together but like are if you like ever been to rfk which is washington dc the stadium is rotting from the inside out the fourth like the 400 level bowl and 300 level bowl we had to barricade those off so like the bike rack railings silver railings you see in stadiums bike rack all of that off so people didn't go up there because you can see through the holes 
but I remember leaving that day. 12 hours. <laughs> soaking wet. Did not pack any extra clothes. And got my car, got home, showered. It is probably 12.30. I'm exhausted, but my body can't can't relax. So I'm probably up till another hour or two. I have stuff in my face, whatever. Wake up the next morning, and I'm like, that was so much fun. Sure, yeah. That's it. That was a moment where I was like, all right, yeah, we're doing it. And so how I got here was the Naval Academy. Um, Matt Goff suggested looking into grad school at JMU. He was like, if you want to be in this industry, JMU master's program is set up to kind of give you more of an experience in sports um, and give you that opportunity that you still need to build your resume. And I was like, okay. So I kind of just like applied and was like, if I go to school, great and do it. If not, I'll just uh, apply for the job I was doing at Maryland at the time um, and do it. But I got into Got in, got into grad school. Ben Carr called me, and the rest is pretty much history on that yeah. one. Uh, I love how you describe operations because so many, especially undergraduate students, mm-hmm. don't really know what operations means unless they're working in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it's easy to, it's easy to talk about all the things and bells and whistles that have to go into producing an event, mm-hmm. but that's operations and. I feel like it's a an underrepresented under under it's not understood always mm-hmm. uh, by the sport and recreation management student and uh, so I think the way you explained it working eight hours in advance of the actual event mm-hmm. did you sit in the stands and watch the event? Uh, we sat in the dugout yeah. um, during the game, but we did we were usually running in and out, and that was our downtime. Yeah. So I was like, if I don't have to be outside in the rain, I'm going in the elephant room at the time, which it was called. It was just like the ops room where we just sat in there um, and like could just be. Um, but we had radios, and like if we had to get called, someone had to do it and run. And, you know, once kickoff, like once final whistle blew, we were down yeah so yeah the, the reason I ask that is because typically in operations everything counts up until once the game starts everything's out of your control yeah right yeah I mean you're not doing anything to change the impact unless uh right something tra- tragic happens or right the weather or things well, like yeah, that. yeah weather or like yeah. there's like an active shooter or anything sure. that's in that realm ops is still point of contact and we're the last ones to take cover be out of the building whatever so. I'll never like in when the times that I've worked in sport, uh, even as a grad student, mm-hmm. I've worked basketball games or football games, and even if the it was an eight p.m. kickoff for football, and we get home at two in the morning, mm-hmm. I would be so juiced, like so exce- like mm-hmm. amped up, that I couldn't go to bed either. You know, and it wasn't I was invested emotionally in the place that I was working right. as a fan, but uh, you just get wired up and excited about what just or rehashing or thinking about your brain is just stimulated and it's hard to just shut things down well it was for me sounds like it was for you too still yeah still okay so let's talk about that I mean yeah you completed your master's degree here Mm -hmm. uh, but then it comes job search time in a global pandemic in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) what's uh what's going through your mind uh other than when you're Calling and texting and freaking out. Yeah, I still go back to March. So beginning of March, I worked at CAA Men's Tournament, um, the 7th through the 9th. Uh, 
great experience, whatever. It was the only men's conference tournament that had happened fully and finished and had a winner to go into the NCAA tournament. And then I remember getting a phone call that weekend. It was before St. Patrick's Day weekend. And it was like, hey, rough tested positive for COVID. You actually have to quarantine for 14 days. And we had we didn't know what COVID was at the time. And quarantine was not like, a common quarantine word. Quarantine was not a common <laughs> word. And so I'm talking to our team physician because my boss at the time for my graduate assistantship with Jamie Duke Club, he had called me and he was like, hey, Ashley, like, I think you should just... And I was like, okay. Me hunkered down in my apartment for 14 days, had to text my roommates, and I was like, hey, you guys can't come back. Because <laughs> uh, if you come back, you actually have to quarantine for 14 days. Um, so that uh, kind of like stirred up everything. I mean, we did comps and then, you know, we shut down. And so it was like, hey, we're all, we're all actually going to move home. Um, and so we graduated May 7th of 2020 still remember like I remember all the dates because it's so vivid and I remember all of us texting in our cohort group and just like what what are we supposed to do like how are we supposed to navigate this and like my graduate assistantship had ended April 30th um and so one I didn't have income I mean granted I was with my parents I didn't really need money it was fine but I mean I still had rent to pay um, I still had an apartment here in Harrisonburg until July, and so there's like you had to just figure it out. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to just figure this out? Um, and no one knew. There was so much unknown. Uh, I mean, I had a Tulane interview in March, uh, beginning of March before COVID. With the athletic department at with Tulane. With the athletic department at Tulane, um, of special events and special events and like uh, their stewardship. So. I mean, it was like, I was like, I'm going to Tulane. Like, mm-hmm. the interview went so well. I was like, I'm going to Tulane. The world shut down, and I never heard anything back from them. Yeah. So, like. Those, not not to put them under the not bus. Not to put them under the bus at all. I'm like, I get it. It was common at the time. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people had things lined up. And it kind of just, like, fell. And, like, it was like, and a lot of us questioned, do we even want to be in sports? Like, I, I knew personally being in sports, like, we lost so much money. And I say we because I knew what JMU lost at the time. I knew, like, the struggles of it. Um, so, I mean, I was applying to anything and everything at that time. I mean, I considered being a PE teacher for my old middle school at home in Mississippi. and um, But I was like, no, I'm going to stick to sports. Like, I got my master's in sports. I'm going to stick to sports. Um, and I got a phone call from Meredith Crawford, uh, who is the assistant athletic director for student athletic leadership development here at JMU um, and she offered me a 1500 hour position um, just being her assistant and working with the athletes um, that was one a cool experience um, in a sense um, I kind of just took it and went with it uh, it was a lot of online stuff um, but really working with the programs because the students all their programs were online for the rest of you know the next year so fall of what was it? I don't even know. Fall of 2020, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fall of 2020. I mean, we went into the semester and we're all online. Everything's online. Um, and to see sports, just like we shifted, um, to see more inside look into the student athletes. And they were like, are we going to have a season? Every, like we had monthly, bi-weekly meetings with them just to check in with them. Um, and they're like, are we going to have a season? Is protocol changing? Like what's going, like, 
And you like, didn't have answers. We that. didn't have answers. We had no answers. Because you were waiting probably right. we on were the wait- athletic director yeah. who was then waiting on the conference commissioner yeah. who was making yeah. decisions. Yeah, and it was it was such an inside look into athletics and a whole other because I, I saw it from almost beginning to end. Um, and so on the other side of that, you know, I was just looking for jobs. Meredith was great, kept me on, just kept, you know, um, trucking along and deciding what I wanted to do. Uh, so applying to everything and everything and kind of just had almost a breaking point of like, do I even want to be in sports? Because this doesn't look great. It doesn't look promising. They're furloughs, pay cuts, just there's no money. There's no money in sports in general, but that, that, now there's not even even more money. Um, but I got an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl um, in COVID. Uh, that was a great experience to see. How did you do that, though? Uh, through um, Alicia, who was in my cohort, um, through Living Sport Program. Um, she was in that program. Living Sport is a program that kind of helps undergrads get kind of their foot into the door, um, teach them more about the sports industry as a whole. So you're doing conferences, you're learning how to do your resume, interviews, whatever. Um, And so I got that opportunity to go um, to Tampa, Florida for 10 days and do that. It's really cool um, to see the NFL put on the Super Bowl in a global pandemic. Um, Awesome. And at that point, I was interviewing for an operations manager position with Loudoun United, who is the minor league team for DC United um, in Leesburg, Virginia. Um, and I actually got that phone call prior to going to Tampa. That's kind of how all my sports ended up in sports and so decided to navigate it. Um, was not an easy eight months. Um, definitely told myself uh, Super Bowl was my last chance and I was done. I was out the, I was closing that door and saying goodbye. I'm not doing it. So. But. But, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so you so now currently as currently, we speak right yes. now, you're with Loudon United. I am with Loudon United as operations manager um, for Segerfield. Um, Loudon United is the prime team out there, uh, but we do host Washington Spirit and then host Old Glory. Um, we also, in 2022, so USL League is kind of like minor league baseball. It has tiers, um, and so they're actually adding a women's league. Um, and so DC United came out and said they are going to have a women's league. Um, so that would kind of be cool to see um, and kind of get more of the women sport side of it online more because women – sports <laughs> as much well n- women's sport is not promoted as much or it's not, not as but also, popular also it's not just as... like the statistics on youth sports and like yeah girls and boys is also so drastic too that's a topic for another time yeah sure <laughs> uh and so one of the things i asked you about i wanted to ask you about was turning points so everybody has a turning point or right. an aha moment and you may have already covered that right uh and you're without a question you were like oh I've got two so what what do you what do you point to as a turning point for you, those turning points for you when it comes to your experience breaking into an industry like this one yeah my turning point was like how I broke into it 
like got it, like started in it? Like, is that what you? Just there was a moment where there have been a moments for people where, gosh, now I know where I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. or now I know where I'm not supposed to be. Right. Um, what's that been like for you, or, or can you point to that? Those or maybe those I have moments. Like three yeah. specific ones, I think. You know, doing ops for RFK. Mm-hmm. Um, that was where like, this is it. I want to do this. Like, I want to do this. Sitting this, there in the rain. Sitting there in the rain United. for like freaking like I was like, I'm on my feet. I'm tired. Like I'm like the exhaustion. <laughs> like that's where like I need to feel it. I need to feel like I'm doing something. And that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm doing ops. Like I'm in. I'm doing ops. Um, but then when I got the opportunity to get my graduate assistantship in development for JMU Athletics. That was another turning point where I was like, oh, the people, the relationships, like the community, the giving back. Like that was the piece where I was like, maybe I wanna do this. Maybe I wanna build relationships and make an impact bigger um, within sports because those people love their freaking university. They do, um, and they will talk about it all day long. and I think my third point that I'm at now is I did operations. I did it. I told myself I want to run my own stadium one day. I did it at 26 years old. But I can't do it anymore. Sure. I tried it, did it, and we are chalking that one up and saying good riddance. Next step. Next step. What's that? Next step is University of Maryland. Uh, non being an event coordinator for non-university department events. What does that mean? Non-university department events. So any person that wants to, that is not hosted by um, University of Maryland, so like say like College of Business wanted to have an event, they would go to the university coordinator. Um, Say, uh, I'm going to say like West Virginia University because Maryland and West Virginia play this weekend. I'm using an example. West Virginia, it's their alumni weekend. So they're coming in and they want to host an event. I would oversee that. So any like third party person that wants to come into the University of Maryland campus, I will be their point of contact yeah. um, and host events that way. So not fully sport related. Could be. Could be. But that's not necessarily the only focus of it's what your not. work is. Tell me, is there a reason why you're like, you know what, it's time to... It's time to back out or ease off the gas in sport. Uh, maybe another time, maybe not. But what was, what was a, a deciding factor or multiple deciding factors? It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't realize how much work, how much less resources there are, um, especially in just a minor league team. Uh, and the such unflexibility in routine that you have. Uh, in sports I need that routine and more of a what am I going to do the next day what's going to happen the next day type person Um, and in in the role I was in it was that did not that wasn't happening because as an operations manager when you're running a stadium you're on 24-7 your phone's going 24-7 I mean my phone just dinged probably and I'm like "Mm, that may be someone so (laughs) you know but you can't you can never turn it off Um, and that's where I, I know mentally I need to be able to turn it off. So, I mean, not to sh- 
shoo everybody away from no, sports. No, 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 but no. But when no. you think about even that, you're going through that at 26. Yeah. So uh, how do you encourage a 20-year-old right. who says, man, I, I really want to work in this field, but now I'm here and Ashley say this. How do, what do you say? How do you respond to that? I say do it. Yeah. I say do it. I mean, I loved ops when I was 20, 21. I loved it. I knew, like, I loved it. I say do it. And my thing is, is never shy away from something. You're like, I mean, my mind was set. I wanted to be, I wanted to freaking run a stadium like Mercedes-Benz and be, like, director of ops or, like, be your VP of operations and events um, and oversee, like, the NCAA tournament and host the Super Bowl and, like, have those things. I did. I wanted to do it. But I tried it, gave it my best shot, and I said, I can't I can't do it I can't have my schedule be with the team and controlled by the team I can do I know I I know what it is like at now but I know there's other opportunities in sports that will allow me to have more of that flexibility that I want yeah well I mean as we're sitting here and I think about your resume. I haven't seen a copy of your resume, but I know, like, you didn't, I didn't even have you in my, one of my classes. Right. Um, but we met because you worked with our student group that went to uh, Minnesota to yeah. work the men's NCAA Final Four yeah. basketball tournament. Um, you worked the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, you worked in professional soccer. Uh-huh. Uh, you worked in college athletics. Like, Many of these people in our industry check one of those boxes right. for a lifetime. Right. Right. You've checked four of those boxes in two and a half years. Uh-huh. So my question then for you is if you were sitting in front of a classroom of students who are yeah. raring to go, mm-hmm. ready to brush off their resume for the first time and submit. Yeah. Like, what do you tell them? Like, you've, you've seen what it looks like at the highest level of college sport, mm-hmm. the highest level of professional football, the highest level of professional soccer. What do you tell those folks? To, if they're submitting, they're about to submit their resume. Um make sure your experience whatever you're applying to if it's an internship um, entry level job make sure the experience is related to that job um, as well as share everything you did it not even sport it doesn't need to be sports related if it's customer service if it's building relationships if it's you volunteered everything should be related within that job description Um, and going back to those responsibilities and duties like a lot of my customer service and event experience came from came from undergrad and working in a stamp student union that wasn't even sports related but it transitioned so well into sports because of all the relationships and the different people you communicated with Um, I think that's how you stand out uh, is being broad you got to be broad before you can be narrow Um, and I've told many students that um and a lot and some of them i've talked to we come back they come back and we talk and they're like yeah actually like you're right i should have should have been broader and i was like right don't narrow don't 
own narrow. Yeah. And I never narrowed. I mean, heck, I never narrowed. I always went a million different directions in departments. So, and I think you learn a lot because they, they all work together. Mm-hmm. That's good. No, good to know, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I know that I've viewed it before as saying you should streamline your experiences mm-hmm. if you have a target destination. Right. Right. But if you don't have that target destination, mm-hmm. you do have to sort of pick uh from every apple tree right <laughs> um for sure. and so that you know which which direction might for sure. be the best scenario for and you then, and i think the thing that pops into my head when you say like narrowing some people i talk to they're like oh i want to do business ops like that's a whole different ball game but like you got to know marketing you got to know administration you got to know operations you got to know development you got to know it all because it all then runs through you at the end of the day because you're making that final decision if you don't know how some of it works, then you got to lean on your other people to really understand how it works or understand how it works, at least the basics. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a date specifically. You said we graduated, finished our graduate degree program on May 7th, 2020. Uh, actually, tomorrow will be September 3rd, 2021. I don't know how many days that is, but it's a year and a half later, and you're putting on a cap and gown. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big monumental passage for you to move into uh, officially uh, participating in a commencement ceremony. Yeah. So um, congratulations on that and to Thank all you. the members of your cohort and yes. people who um, you walked through those pathways with. So that's a big deal. Um Anything else? Any closing thoughts? Uh, I always like to leave that open-ended. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. One of the greatest mentors and influential voices that I had in my education in sport management was Dr. Buck Jones. And so he passed on something, and it was like instilled into our brains. As lowly undergraduate students, freshmen and sophomores, that to do the small things better than anybody, right? I'll never forget him saying that. And now when I'm talking to our first year students in SRM 201, Uh that's my passage. I'm like, hey, do the small things better than anybody. Uh And uh, so is there there any lasting word of advice? Okay, and I'm laughing because (laughs) I kind of, I don't hate that he's always like in the back of my head, but Ben Carr. (laughs) Um, he, uh, the biggest thing I learned from him is know your why. Always know your why. Mm-hmm. Always ask why. Always ask a million thousand questions. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta know your why before going into something and doing what you're, you're wanting to do. Um, what's your reasoning behind it? Why? Why is that that way? Why is it not this way? Like, always question things. Um, but to a certain extent, for sure. Um, and then I go back to Alyssa Bosley um, and her and our conversations and and just how, you know, you mentioned my resume. Jumped at every opportunity that came in front of me. Any email that came across and was like, oh, you want to volunteer for this? Always took it. Want to go and try to, you know, go on the Final Four trip, Super Bowl, like whatever it is, did it. It shouldn't, like push yourself out of your comfort zone so much that you're so uncomfortable, but you look back and you're like, that was a great experience, mm-hmm. and I learned so much and grew so much from that. 
Yeah. How many conversations have started with you and another professional because of that? Right. right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Um, happens all the time. All the time. All right. This is one of many ahead, right? It is. We will uh we'll have different guests along the way. Sometimes it'll be JMU related, sometimes it'll be student related, sometimes it'll be industry professional related. People who are in sports or were in sports. Uh so uh, hopefully we'll satisfy some needs and uh in uh, let people in on what it's like behind the scenes, behind the curtains. Uh, and as you mentioned, a raw inside look at the sport and recreation industry. So Ashley Doyle, master's degree, 2020. Thanks for being our first guest. Go Dukes!